I am in week four, I believe, of Storyteller. Storyteller. Say it with me. One, two, three. Storyteller. It's a, it's a series that we've been digging into the parables of Jesus. Jesus was an incredible storyteller. I mean, there's a lot of things you can assign to Jesus, and I don't know if storyteller is one that gets put on him much, but he definitely was an incredible storyteller. In fact, we're still reading those stories today, 2,000 years later. I mean, that's pretty good. My granddaughter sometimes say, they call me GT. said, GT, tell us a story. I'm like, I've ran out of all the good ones. I'm having to, like, reach back into stuff that didn't even sound exciting to me, and I'm trying to tell stories, and, and uh, my stories, they'll forget, right? There's, but the stories of Jesus, well, we keep on telling them. We keep on reading them. And I'm going to read in Matthew 13, if you want to turn there with me. That's where we've been at the majority of this series, Matthew 13. Uh, you can also find uh, the parable that I'm going to uh, talk about today, the parable of the leaven. You can also find it in Luke 13, the only two places in Scripture that we see this. And I'm going to pick it up in Matthew 13, verse 31. Another parable Jesus put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs, greater than the herbs, and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. So there's the parable of the mustard seed, and it's interrelated, connected to the parable we're going to spend time on today, the parable of 11, verse 33, another parable he spoke to them. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of mill till it was all leavened. Let me read that last verse there. One verse parable. Another parable he took to them, he spoke to them, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of mill till it was all leavened. Now, I know that leaven isn't a word that we use every day, and maybe, maybe we use never except when we're reading Scripture. But leaven has a certain, um, a certain definition that I think applies so well. Because we know the name yeast, we, we know that. If you get a, a yeast donut, much better than a cake donut, because a cake donut is just all like, but a yeast donut is all like kind of light and fluffy and melts in your mouth. Anybody know the, t- the difference, right? Some of you cake donut people, because you just not received the divine revelation of how good a yeast donut is. And so, and so I'm just saying this. We, we understand yeast, and there's a Greek word for that applies here too, but, but leaven, leaven is a word that came out of the Latin and ended up in English. And, and it, it, it means the simple, very simple base level definition is to lift, to lift. And um, we get words like, like uh, levitate uh, from that same root word. We get words like alleviate, right? If you've been having a bunch of stuff on you and, and it's removed, like it's, it's, it's a lifting, it's alleviated, it's taken off of you uh, to relieve Right? If you get relief of, of something, uh, you know, somebody's got a fever and the fever lifts and they don't have, they're, they're relieved of that, right? We, our name, Elevation, Elevate, comes from, from um, the same root as that. And it's the idea of, of lifted, going to a higher level and a, a place beyond where we've been. And I think both of these parables, um, they share this, just, just the idea to never underestimate the power of the gospel 
on your life and the potential of small beginnings in a spiritual journey in your Christian life. In other words, the idea that, you know, we, we could get adjusted and think that, that this, is, this is our life and we can look at someone else and think, well, they're mature, they're developed, or they got this going on and feel like we don't. No, the Bible says don't dis, or not to despise the day of small beginnings. And don't underestimate the power of what God is doing in your life. And both of them illustrate that from, from the mustard seed to the plant where birds could land in it uh, to the idea that, that leaven is, is this potential. We're going to spend time on the parable of leaven today, the, the potential that it has. In fact, I believe one of the big takeaways from this parable is that it teaches that when the Holy Spirit applies the gospel to our life, there's just no limit to what can happen in a person's life. And, and by the way, sometimes you look back over your life and you can, you can see that so well. How many know that? that? That when you look back over your life and you see what God has been doing. And, and then the, the other thing is just the, the growth, the development in both of them, and the expansion. Everybody say expansion. The expansion. You may not understand this, but God wants you to grow, to develop, to mature, and to expand in your walk with him as a Christ follower, not to remain just the same, but to bring change. Change. Uh, yeah, God's, God's really not interested in your comfort. God's interested in growth. How many know that? He's interested in growth. And, and I love what Philippians 2.13 says, It is God who works in you to will and to do according to his good purpose, to his good pleasure. It's he that's working in our life. And, and because of that, well, we, we notice some of the changes. And sometimes, uh, the old preacher said one time, God has brought me a mighty, mighty long way. When we look back over our life, maybe we didn't. Sometimes you, that's, that's the good thing about communion is it causes you to do a self-examination. And sometimes we could take a negative aspect and we do need to look where we're at. But sometimes we need to look and say, you know what, that's where I was. And praise God, I'm not there anymore. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We may have some struggles and we may have some issues and we may have some stuff going on, but we don't have that same issue that when we first got in this because we've been growing, we've been developing. Our, our spiritual experience in God has been expanding to a place now that we look back and we see the noticeable change that's occurred in our life because he's working. Now, in this parable, I'm going to give you my first struggle with it. And it, maybe you'll read it. Maybe in the reading, as we're reading through the New Testament, maybe you, when you were in Matthew 13, you struggle with it as well in Luke 13. But, but my first struggle is when he says, leaven, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. And he goes on to say some other things, but he says the kingdom, of heaven, the kingdom is like leaven. It's the same as leaven. And I'm thinking, now, Jesus, wait a minute. Because when I read about leaven before, it's kind of negative. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Matthew 15, uh, 16, 6, Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. That's not a positive thing. That doesn't sound like the kingdom. Right? It's, 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 it's the paradox of this, this paradoxical approach that, we, that, we, that we, we come into because sometimes leaven's negative. In fact, in the New Testament, it's always negative except here. Paul says it in 1 Corinthians 5, 6. He echoes it again in Galatians 5, 9, that a little leaven, a little leaven, leavens a whole lump, right? 
you have you have this in your life. You have sin in your life. What's going to mess your whole life? Old Testament, you do get some contrast there with the positive and negative. But but all in all, it's 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 this idea that Jesus uses leaven, this yeast, in a very positive way. And so, entering into this, I just want to, for some of you, maybe your 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 context is well, leaven is is a bad thing. Well, let's just lay that aside because he's using this this parable, this illustrated lesson for us today. He's using it in a very positive way. But he didn't stop at leaven. He says, he says the kingdom of heaven is like leaven connected to this, which a woman took and hid in three measures of mill till it was all leavened. So the full picture of it is that it's leaven. It's like leaven, but leaven that's been put into flour mill. In fact, when the measurement here that gives 72 cups of flour, it's been put in there so that the whole of it is impacted and affected by the leaven. The presence of the leaven in the bread is so important. If you're taking notes, you might want to write down, write down this, the presence, because the presence of the leaven, something that doesn't naturally occur in flour, is in the flour now, and because it's in there, uh, it's going to be, bring a radical difference to the flour. Now, now maybe, maybe you, you know uh, the idea of, of, of unleavened bread. Unleavened bread's kind of like this. It's a cracker. That's our. I, this is our best picture of what unleavened bread is. I mean, we do communion. There's unleavened bread, but I wanted to make it real. This is just out of the whatever the cracker box is. I forget what it's called. Saltines, right? Except, except, there's, these are unsalted. I said I want to get unsalted ones because unless you got a sodium problem, nobody buys unsalted crackers. Because, because let me explain. Crackers are so bad. But to make them good, you got to put a bunch of salt, salt glued to them to make. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like unleavened bread is kind of flat, unattractive. Why would I want that? As opposed to when when you put when you put the leaven in it. Well, let me let me do, let me do this. I mean, you can see the difference. I mean, there's the flat, unattractive, unflavored flour without leaven, and then you got this nice loaf of bread. Now, I like bread. I try not to eat much of it, but I like it. Anybody like bread? Let me tell you something. Just about everybody likes bread. And you've been trying to keto and low-carb and Atkins and all this stuff, and it's hard because we like bread. And we prefer the bread that's got the leaven in it as opposed to the bread without the leaven. Because the bread without the leaven, again, on, if I, let me just show you. It's, crackers are so useless in that you can put them in something that has flavor, but to be real honest, nobody's like, hey, I'm going to fix you a big breakfast on Monday morning. We're going to have scrambled eggs and bacon and sausage. And you like those, those hash brown things when they're real crisp? Just me? Okay. They're not good for you, I'm just telling you. Some pancakes or waffles, and then we're gonna have crackers and gravy. Nobody in their right mind ever said that, because you want something that's gonna puff up a little bit, because the 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 leaven in the flour 
Well, it radically changes the composition, the, the, the structure, everything about what the flower looks like. Are you tracking with me? Right? You're, you're not going to invite me over to your house today and say, hey, I've got, like, I've got salami and pastrami and I've got um, corned beef and turkey and I've got five kinds of mustard, I've got the spicy one and then all the nasty other ones, you know. And I got all the trimmings and everything. And you can have whatever sandwich you want. Do you want it on a piece of that tomato basil bread or you want it on a big chunk of sourdough or do you want it on a cracker? I'm just saying. Big difference. Anybody, anybody identify? Big difference, right? The leaven makes a huge difference. None of us would say, oh, it's better without the leaven. No, the leaven... Right? And this is the kingdom. This is not the picture he gives of the kingdom. All you folks online, this is the picture of the kingdom. Expanding, growing. Because when you put the leaven in the yeast, I don't understand all the process and the chemical reaction, but what I know is that it will do something that's transformative to the flower. The Holy Spirit, like the leaven, changes us radically. In his presence, we are given a nature from above, right? The Holy Spirit, like the leaven, comes from outside of us because the leaven is not natural to the flower. It comes from outside. It comes in us. And when the Holy Spirit comes in us, Right? And when he's given to us, we don't have the nature of Christ, but he brings the nature of Christ into us. The Holy Spirit introduced into your life will bring radical change. Anybody ever experienced that in your life? The radical change. The other thing the Holy Spirit, like the leaven does in our life, is, right, is brings this function of support and help and aid to us. The leaven and the flour need each other for the reaction to occur. You need the Holy Spirit in your life working for the reaction to occur that causes you to become more like Jesus. You understand that's the goal. Romans 8.29, we, we, we could miss this. A lot of times, I love it, one of my favorite verses is Romans 8.28. Right For all things, God calls us all things, work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. That's powerful. That will give you hope. And he does that. But then 829 gives us the reason why, so that we could be conformed to the image of his son. You can't be conformed to the image of his son on your own. You need the Holy Spirit in your life working. And, 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 and so then you need to understand this. Right? Thirdly, right, the Holy Spirit radically changes us. He gives us aid and support and help. But the Holy Spirit has to be applied in our life. I think about that picture of Abraham and Sarah when he had those guests, and, and he, he, she's in there, and she's doing the kneading, and, and right, moving the flat. Anybody ever see, watch people do that? The kids, sometimes my mom would make bread, or she'd be in there in the old-fashioned way doing it. Or, or there was a Noble Romans over by Ben Davis. I grew up on the west side. And we go in Nova Romans, they had a little step in a window there. You look in there, and that guy would be back with a pizza dough, and he's all like doing all this stuff with it and stretching it and pressing it down and, and doing all that stuff. And then, back then, they'd, they'd spin it around. That was always, you know, don't try that at home, but he'd, he'd do it, you know, lay it down there. And it was interesting because here's the thing. 
the leaven, the yeast in that, had to be applied, right? The kneading, the stretching, the pressing. Uh, I think about how Peter on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, he's preaching. He, he preaches a very convicting message. And then it says this in, in verse 40 of Acts 2, and with many other words... He testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. In other words, you, you need to apply what you've heard, right, participating in what God is doing. Right? You, you can't just think, well, I'll just let God do what he wants to do, and he'll, he'll sanctify me, and he'll, he'll do that. He wants you engaged in the process. And part, a part of this is that you have to be engaged in the process. Like today, right now, I'm giving you the Word of God. I'm preaching the Word of God to you, and the engagement is what are you going to do with that? Right? Don't, don't just say, oh, that was good. Thank you, Pastor, for that good sermon, or thank you for that okay sermon, or whatever it is. Right? You've got to apply that to your life. Right? Participation. I go to a chiropractor, Dr. Nick Wilson, and, and uh, he, uh, every year he does new x-rays. And I, years ago, I went to another chiropractor, a great chiropractor, but he did it when I first went, and I, never, I don't remember getting an x-ray ever. I went there for a number of years. And, um, and so the other day, we're evaluating, comes in, brings the x-ray, shows you where you're improved, where you're not improved, where you're, you know, and you don't want to get text neck. You know what that is, that thing where you do this all the time. And so, and so I'm looking at it, and he's telling me, he said, hey, this is going on, that's going, this is good, and that's good. And was, it's good when they say it's good. I said, hey, thanks for doing this because, you know, I, 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 I revealed to him. I remember the other chiropractor never did this. We only did it one time. I think he was still working from the same problem I had five years before. Dr. Nick, he does it every year. And he said, well, he said, I do that so we can make sure we're correcting and, and we know where you're at. I said, thank you. And, and then he said, I said, I told him, I said, the other guy didn't do it. And he said, well, he said, it's hard to confront somebody when they're paying you a lot of money and, and tell them. Well, you got problems here. And for me, I said, and this is my sermon that day to him, I said, well, here's the thing. I just know I have to engage in the process. And every time I see those, when I see those once a year, I think, oh, my, I've been leaning this way too much. Or I've been doing this. You know, everybody know what text neck is? That's the thing where, I mean, it'll mess you up. In fact, I adjust my posture when I see this because I think I need to do something. I'm thankful for what he does, but I need to do something so I'm not, continuing to contribute to my problems. Instead, I'm engaging and participating in the process of health. I want to say this for you this morning, that is so important that you're engaging in the process of the Holy Spirit, applying God's Word in your life, because if not, and you're just kind of status quo, you'll never get to the point of experiencing His presence throughout your life. You'll limit what He can do in your life. Because he has a purpose. And we'll talk for a few moments about the purpose, the purpose of the Holy Spirit in your life. The kingdom is like, right, leaven and a woman who's mixing that into the mill, into the flour, so that it's all consistent. There's a purpose in what she's doing. Right? There's, 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 an, there's an outcome in mind. Her outcome is not to think I'm doing it so it'll become that. Her outcome is I want to see this. The purpose of the Holy Spirit in your life is not to destroy you, right? The, the leaven is not there to destroy the flour, but to bring about change. The Holy Spirit is there to bring about change. How does that happen? 
Well, the leaven communicates its nature to the flower, its very own nature, a direct impact is made on the flower. And the Holy Spirit, right, just as the leaven, it communicates, it combines, it changes. So it is with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes, he communicates, right, he combines, he changes, he communicates his nature to us so that every part of our life should be Holy Spirit filled. Holy Spirit filled. Now, I think it's one of the pictures of that is in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. The word, the word talks about the fruit of the Spirit, right? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's this idea of temperance, some Bibles will say, patience. It's this idea that I couldn't do those things on my own. Are you hearing me? You say, well, I can love somebody. You can love somebody, but you can't love everybody without the Holy Spirit. Because there's some people that are hard to love. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some people that you just say, well, I'm just going to dismiss them and not engage with them because this or that. And with the Holy Spirit, you just can't do that. I was sharing at prayer yesterday. I remember there was many years ago, there was a politician, political leader, and they had a certain viewpoint. And I'm just telling you, they made me so mad because they were doing wrong. And I can, say, I can say, honestly, the decisions they were making were not right decisions. And, and I kind of had this, like, righteous kind of take on it that I knew what was right, and they weren't doing right, and that was wrong. And so then what happened was I started getting a little bitter about it until I was angry. And then I just didn't even want to hear that person's voice. Shut them out. But then God made me aware that's not the reaction I can have. i got to pray for them. That's what Scripture says. i got to honor them. I, I, I've got to be in a position that I'm calling their name out in prayer. That's what God's Word says. That's not me making that up. That's not some novel idea. They were doing that back when they had kings that they didn't elect and they didn't vote for that were cruel and didn't even appreciate Christians being in their empire. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. And I had to let the Lord realign me in this. And what I found was as I started praying, didn't change my view on what was right and wrong, but it did change my view on what I needed to do with them and my reaction to when I heard them. Lord, I want you to help them so that they know you. I want you to, I want you to put people around them that will speak truth to them. I want, you to, I want you to download supernatural wisdom so they make right decisions. Anybody with me? Right. That didn't come on my own because on my own, I just thought they were mean and ugly and no good. People in your life like that, that you can just brush off. But the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to give you the heart of Jesus in this, and you look at the world and through the world, even though they betrayed you, even though they've hurt you and wounded you, you say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. I mean, and you could say, well, I, I can have peace without, the, right? You can have peace for a moment maybe, some kind, of, some kind of semblance of peace, but you won't have peace continual without the Holy Spirit in your life. Not the absence of co conflict, but the idea of nothing missing in your life. 1 Corinthians 12, another place, the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit, the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the idea that 
that God could use you. Let me show you how, how it could work. It could be a neighbor that comes to you and says, hey, pray for my, pray for my relative. They're dealing with this or this or this, and, and pray for them because they know you're a Christian. You start praying for them, and in your prayer time, God starts giving you knowledge that wasn't your own supernatural from heaven, that you know how to pray for them about a situation that you had no knowledge of at all simply because of the Holy Spirit in your life. The purpose of him is to empower you to have a Christ-like life. You cannot look at the ministry of Jesus and divorce his teaching and public preaching ministry from the ministry that he had of healing and going about healing people, right? And so, so the idea, the purpose of, of, of the leaven is to communicate its own nature. There's a purpose that's going to be brought about, and it, the purpose of the Holy Spirit in your life is to bring about a Christ-like picture, thus being conformed to the image of the Son of God in our life. And then uh, and then the process that occurs. How many know anything good is going to take a process? I'm just telling you. You know, you, you, want, you want a good meal, you could pull up to a fast food restaurant and say, hey, give me the, give me the double thing and the big supersize, and, and you might fill your belly, but it wasn't that good. I don't care where it's at. It's not, it's, it's not like, you know, you go over to Grandma's house, and she makes that meatloaf that, like, Meatloaf doesn't even sound like it's that good until Grandma makes it, and she puts that red stuff all over the top of it. I don't know if it's ketchup or what, but it tastes good, however they do it. And they pull that out with some mashed potatoes, got that butter all melted down on them, you know, and brings, brings out the green beans that aren't like those nasty green beans that are like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, is this plastic? What is this? Where does this come out of the playroom? What, what is this? I mean, you know that green beans, that they put something like you put it, probably shouldn't even be eating in it, but but sure is good, right? And you get that stuff, and you're like, oh, yes, because that was a process. The good stuff comes through process, right? The Holy Spirit working in your life, spreading, right, strengthening the idea that sometimes there's a, a secret, silent work that's going on. It all is the process. She's, she's working the leaven into the whole amount of flour so that all of it is impacted by the leaven. The Holy Spirit wants to impact your entire life. Your entire life. And when people look at you, they don't see you, but they see Jesus. They see Jesus with skin on. And lastly, the power. Somebody shout the power. I love the power, don't you? The power of the Holy Spirit working in your life. Now, I will tell you, I will tell you this, that, that, that there are there's, there's certain churches, friends of mine, people that I love, that they, they, they focus many times only on the Word, and they have great um, teaching ministries, great expository preaching ministries. They are reclaiming some of the lost theological truths of the past, and they, they continue to emphasize those, and they're right. Somebody shout they're right. They're right. They're good. I love it. Then there's other churches kind of on the other end of the spectrum, and, and they are trying to redeem Book of Acts, early church, signs and wonders, and, and they emphasize uh, uh, those things and, and the power of prophecy and the power of, of uh, uh, healing and tongues and all those things. And, and, and they're right. Somebody shout they're right. They're right. The problem is we, we've disconnected. We've got folks over here doing this and folks over here doing this. When God didn't say it was either or, it's, it's both and. 
He wants, he wants to see people that are digging into his word, that are growing in his word, that are applying his word to their life, and people that are saying, Holy Spirit, come and do the stuff that you do that's beyond me that I can never do in myself. The world doesn't need to see a natural church. It needs to see a supernatural church. Not an unbiblical supernatural church, a biblical supernatural church that impacts the world that is lost and dying and gives them a picture of what the kingdom looks like. And we can't be the kingdom unless there's leaven, unless there's the presence, the power, the purpose of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I just would say this, the power is so important for your life. I, I, and, and by the way, sometimes we don't understand it all. We just don't story told many years ago. I feel like I was just a kid preacher when I heard it about a little boy in Chicago in the winter and he was selling newspapers. So it's been a long time ago. I remember I was very young. Sometimes I'd see somebody selling newspapers on a corner in Indianapolis, but it's been, it's been a long, long time ago. We don't even know what a newspaper hardly is anymore, do we? Let me help some of you. It used to be this this thing that you got in your mailbox or you went and bought and you opened it up and it's had all the information and all the stuff that was going on in the world that you can now get at the touch of your fingers on, on Twitter or on a news app or something. Years ago, something happened somewhere far away. You had to wait for it to come out. So kids selling the newspapers, but he's not selling many because of blizzards hitting Chicago and he's cold and he's hungry. He has no place to go. A little bit of money he has is what he gets from selling these. He goes up to a police officer. He said, sir, do you know any place I can go to get out of this weather and I can be safe and get something to eat? The police officer says, way up on that corner is a white house. Go up there and knock on the door and just say John 3.16 and that'll help you. The little boy goes up there through the cold, shivering and hungry, knocks on the door. Sure enough, he said John 3.16. The lady said, come on in. He went in. She put him in a one of those old-timey rocking chairs in front of the fireplace. He's sitting there rocking, getting all warmed up. He said, John 3.16, I don't understand it. But sure, it makes a cold boy warm. A little bit, she came and got him and said, come on in here. And in this big table and had all kinds of food, all the good stuff. Set him down and said, what would you like? And she filled up his plate and said, you can have all you want. And he's sitting there eating, and he thought, John 3, 16, I don't understand it, but it sure makes a hungry boy full. A little while, she came and got him, and she took him upstairs, and there was a bath, warm water in it. And he got in, and he's sitting there soaking in it for a minute. He said, John 3, 16, I sure don't understand it, but it makes a dirty boy clean. She had some night clothes for him, prepared. And he got in them, and she tucked him in a bed upstairs. And he's laying there before he drifted off to sleep. He said, John 3, 16, I don't understand it, but it makes a tired boy rest. Next morning, he woke up. <laughs> yeah, it is in the morning. Smelled the bacon and the food. And he went downstairs, and she fed him again. And she said, come here after you finished eating. And sat down. And she opened her Bible. And she said, do you know what John 3.16 is? No. She began to tell him about Jesus, tell him what John 3.16 meant. And that little boy 
accepted Jesus into his life. And he said, John 3.16, I don't understand it, but it sure makes a lost boy feel safe. And I just want to tell you, there's a whole lot, a whole lot about God that I don't totally understand. Anybody with me? I mean, if you tell me you got it all, I'm going to probably doubt what you say. There's a whole lot of answers. I'm thankful for the answers. I'm thankful for the things that I do understand. And I'm still digging and digging and digging. There's a whole lot maybe I don't grasp. And maybe for you this morning, there's some stuff you say, I don't grasp that. There's some things that Jesus said that, that we, we kind of live in a tension with those. And some people, they like to just dismiss it or deconstruct what they believe. And I'm saying, I don't always understand it, but I know this. I don't have to understand it to have received the privilege and benefit of what it provides for my life. There's a whole lot about the Holy Spirit. And I don't know if I totally understand. Again, if you told me you understood everything about the Spirit, I'd say, I'd just tell you, be honest with you. I don't know if I, if I can trust you on that. There's a whole lot that he does that he surprises me with. That he shows up and I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that could happen. I never did see that before. And so I'm just going to say this. Sometimes we spend too much time trying to figure it all out instead of just accepting this is what God is doing for me. This is what God's provided for me. And I'm just going to lean into it and receive all that he has. I'm not saying that we turn our eye off of what God's word says. No, it needs to be biblical. It needs to be scriptural. You're never, you're never, more, any, never more spiritual than you are scriptural. Are you hearing me? But I'm saying there's a whole lot that you may have to wrestle with and live in attention with. Don't get confused by that. Just realize there's a God whose thoughts are higher than my thoughts, whose ways are beyond me comprehending. And I'm going to put my total faith and, faith and total trust in him and allow him to work out the things that are beyond me and above me. And I'm saying that for you this morning because there's some of you, you just need God to show up in, in, in a way and maybe you've limited him. There's some, some people, they limit the Holy Spirit working just, just to a, a soteriological kind of viewpoint that he works in salvation only. And then he brings salvation to us, and then we're kind of, kind of done. We use him as a title when we baptize or some certain uh, eloquent prayer, but other than that, he's just... And there's others that believe, well, the Holy Spirit is doing and working continual change in my life, and that I need him to do that. I need to readjust sometimes. I need him to do that. I need to participate with him. I'm kind of that latter camp. I just believe this, that the Holy Spirit in your life is present to continue to bring you to change because we need to do the changing. You know that, don't you? Sometimes people, are, and I, I'm, I'm with it. I get what we're saying, but we're praying God move. I'm thinking God's the constant. I'm the one who needs to do the moving. He's there. I'm here. I need to move to get closer to him. And as I allow the Holy Spirit to bring change, I can get closer to him. But I have to allow him to do it.